Welcome to Mean Green Money, the UNT Student Money Management Center podcast that, that explores everything you need to know to be financially successful in college and beyond. Today, since this is the start of the new year, we're here talking to Rachel Grimes, our Assistant Director of Financial Readiness, about how to set goals that you can achieve this year. Hope you enjoy. So can you introduce yourself and tell me a little about yourself? Sure. My name is Rachel Grimes, and I am the Assistant Director at the Student Money Management Center. And I have been working outreach programs here at UNT at the Student Money Management Center for about seven years. And my background is not in personal finance or finance or anything business related, but I do enjoy just helping people achieve their goals. And I think that's what personal finance is really all about. It's helping you achieve your goals. Awesome. So speaking of goals, at the time this podcast is airing, it's the beginning of the new year. Yay! And we're all thinking about <laughs> New Year's resolutions and what we're magically going to do differently this year. But I know a lot of the times we get maybe two or three days into the new year before giving up on them. So are there any best practices for setting goals or whether they're New Year's resolutions or not to make sure that they're goals that actually work? Well, I think when you are setting a goal, you want to make sure that it's something that is realistic. So is this something that I can attain? In particular, when we're talking about financial goals, if you only make $500 a month, is it at this point, at least at the beginning of 2019, knowing you only make $500 a month, realistic to save $600 in the next two months? It might be, but chances are it's probably not realistic. So when we're setting financial goals, I think where people sometimes tend to go wrong is either they set unrealistic goals or they set too many financial goals that are hard to uh, manage all in the same time period. So what if I'm one of those people who has too many financial goals? How do I know what to prioritize? Well, it's going to be different for everybody. So prioritizing is, is going to be difficult, but the easiest thing to figure out what to prioritize is to think about what is your long-term timeline for your life in general? What do you want it to look like? And long-term might freak some people out. So I'll just say, let's keep it at the next one to two years. Are there some things that are happening in the next year, the next year after that, uh, that are gonna impact you financially? Are you graduating? Is your car on its last leg and you know you're going to need something else besides the current vehicle that you have? Do you want to start investing? Do you need to build some credit because you know you want to buy a home in the next two years? So kind of going back to your timeline can help you prioritize a lot more. If you have multiple financial goals, it can help you figure out which goal do I need to work on or put at the top of my list and then which goals would come after uh, this particular goal or maybe one or two goals. So that's really helpful. And then also doing the math can help you prioritize. If I put together all of these goals and try to work towards them all at the same time, whatever money it takes to actually achieve those goals, is that something that I can put money towards each month collectively? Or do I need to focus on one, complete that one, and then in six months time, add an additional financial goal to start working on? So running the math, uh, running the numbers is really beneficial or thinking about your timeline. And if you're scared of crunching numbers, you can come visit us in our office because oh, I, I can't speak for everybody, but I 
I am a fan of crunching numbers, so we would be happy to help you there. Yeah, and we have a lot of resources and tools, and what happens a lot of times when we start thinking about all of these financial goals, and in particular when it comes to figuring out can we achieve them and then prioritizing them, the numbers can become overwhelming. And so sometimes it helps to have a different set of eyes on it and somebody who has a lot of resources and tools that can make doing the math or crunching the numbers a little bit easier. Because I know we see a lot of times we're talking to students, things are very scary when it's just in your head. But once you put it down on paper, it's a lot easier to see where your money is actually going and what money you need to put where. And it can become less overwhelming once it's on paper in front of you instead of just this nebulous blob of I don't know what to do that Mm -hmm. stays in our heads. Yeah, and also I think when you put it down on paper, you can play with the numbers more. So you can say, what if I put more money here? What does that look like? Or what if I decide to focus on this financial goal? What does that look like? And that's a little bit harder to do when you just kind of have an idea in your mind. So a lot of the buzz that you hear in the world of goal setting is about SMART goals. Do you personally, are you a fan of SMART goals? And could you maybe explain a little bit of what a SMART goal means for people who haven't heard of them? Okay, so I'm going to, hopefully I get this right. You can also Google this if you want to, but you're listening to this online, so you may not be able to do that right away. So a SMART goal is something that's specific, so all of the letters stand for something. So it's specific, it's measurable, uh, it can be actionable. There's another word for A too, but I, I go with actionable. Is it realistic, which I already talked about a little bit, and then it needs to be time-bound. And I think that applying all of those five elements to a goal can make the goal tighter, can make it actually attainable uh, over the long term. And then when you make a goal time-bound, you're actually more likely to get close to the time period in which you want to have that goal achieved by or uh, a little bit outside of that time period. And even if you miss your goal uh, time frame, at least you've worked towards your goal, so you've made progress. So a lot of problems with goal setting is that when we set a goal and we've never done anything towards it, we start to kind of have some guilt. Or we feel like we are procrastinators or we don't know how to manage our financial life. So even if you don't hit your goal on the head, making it time-bound helps you move forward and make progress towards that goal. And I always think progress in your financial life is positive. So if my goal is to have better credit, how would I turn that, I want to have better credit into a SMART goal? Mm-hmm. So the first thing you would want to do if you want to make this attain this goal of having better credit is get a little bit more specific. What do you mean when you say, I want to have better credit? What would that mean? Mm-hmm. I want to have a credit score over 700. All right, so you want to have a credit score over 700. That leads us right into the next part of a, a SMART goal. You just made it measurable as well. So it's specific. You want to have a credit score over 700. It's measurable. We can actually measure uh, what we are going to achieve, and we can see our growth over time. Now, is it actionable? So, okay, I want to have a better credit score. What actions can I start to take to improve my credit score. So knowing a little bit about credit scores, as you already do, what are some actions that you might take towards that? I would want to make sure that I'm paying my bill on time every month. I would want to try, I would want to try to keep my credit utilization low on my credit cards. I think those are all great points. And I want to pause, pause because 
Some people might not know what you just said. Okay. okay. And so, okay. and so, if you have questions about credit, come see us. But some of the things, but some of the things that Becca just talked about, as far as building credit, are pieces um, that a creditor will look at that sort of determine what your score looks like. So those are so those are all. So this goal is actionable. That's the most important thing. Um, is it realistic? So this one is a little bit harder to answer because. Um, did you were when you were specific? Did you say when you wanted to have your credit score up to that seven hundred number? Uh, I didn't set a time okay. frame for it yet. So that's where the score. That's where this particular goal might not be realistic. So if you said I want to have a, a seven hundred credit score by next month, and I have absolutely no credit history, well, that goal might not be realistic. Um, so sometimes you don't necessarily have to go in order to figure out whether a goal is a smart goal or not. Um, or a good goal, you could add, you might have to look at some of the other pieces of a SMART goal. So we probably need to make this one time bound first to figure out, okay, is it realistic? So what, when would you like to have this 700 credit score achieved? Well, right now I do have a credit card, but I don't, I haven't had it for long enough for it to actually give me a number on what my credit score is. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know where I stand today to be able to come up with a realistic Okay. Score. So sometimes when we're setting goals, we have to go in and do a little bit of research to say, okay, when can this actually happen? And there can be a few unknowns in a goal too. And so I don't want people to get so fixated on this acronym of a SMART goal um, that they say, well, this goal doesn't work because I can't hit all five elements. Really the SMART goal concept is just to help you think a little bit more deeply about your goal so it's more intentional, so you actually can start working on it and you're making progress. And sort of, instead of having this really crazy goal of, well, I want to have a million dollars by the time I'm 35. Okay, well, I'm going to be 35 in two years. Am I doing anything to work towards, you know, having a million dollars? Is that reasonable? Is it, you know, so the SMART goal concept just sort of helps you process your goal and make it a better goal. And I think for me in goal setting too, a big part of whether or not I'm successful is whether I choose to focus on like the process or the outcome. Because mm -hmm. uh, for example, I tried two different apps recently, one where you bet on yourself to take a certain number of steps every month, and one where you bet on yourself to lose a certain amount of weight. And for the step one, I had a super easy time following that because all I needed to do was take a certain amount of steps each day and I would get credit for it. With a weight loss one, then it's just... I haven't done anything to reach that. It's not about the process. It's just, hey, you need to have this thing done mm -hmm. by each date. So I think these things financially makes it a little bit easier because there are built-in numbers to measure it by. Right. True. That's true. And uh, it's actionable. And so in the example that you just gave about losing weight, you could have thought a little bit more deeply about that goal. Okay, what actions am I going to take? Uh, to specifically focus on that. Right. And that when I had the one that was just take, an, take, take this mm -hmm. action every day, okay, no problem. Now I know what I need to do every day. When it's just achieve this outcome with no actions, then... Yeah. And that's where goals can go wrong, right? Because oh, I have this goal, but I haven't thought about how I'm actually going to work towards it. I just know I want it. So, for example, with the millionaire goal, ah, that's a really nice number, but I haven't actually thought about how I could achieve it. And so likelihood of me achieving it, pretty low, unless I, maybe I play the law. All right, so after we've set the goal, made it a smart, found some actions that we can take to work toward, 
then we actually have to go out, take those actions, and do those things. Right. And during that time, there's a good chance that we're going to face some sort of setback. Mm-hmm. How do we make sure that when we face a setback, it doesn't derail us completely from reaching the goal? So that is a really good question, and this is a hard one to answer because I mean, I have I think everybody struggles with this. So if you've ever tried to lose weight or if you've had a fitness goal uh, or you've done a challenge where you're supposed to do something every day, what happens when you miss one day? Or what happens when you eat a cupcake? Then you then you can think to yourself, well, well, I'll just eat all the cupcakes. You know, it's too bad. It's all, uh, it's all over. And so I think the important thing to do is take a step back, reflect on what the setback was. Is it something that was in your control? Is it something that's out of your control? In our financial lives, there can be a lot of things that are in our control and there can be a lot of things that are out of our control. So if it's out of my control... Was there anything that I could have foreseen or thought about to realize that this could potentially happen? And if not, you have to move on from that and make a plan for the next day. If it's something that's in your control that you can take action on, taking time to reflect and say, okay, this is what happened. What could I have done differently? And if I'm faced with this challenge in the future, what will I do differently so that I can keep working towards my goal? So it's taking a moment to not get too down on yourself and say, well, I've ruined it, but to say, okay, this was one day or this was one thing that set me back. Is there anything I can do to prevent it in the future? Yes, let me make sure I implement that. No, let me just make a plan to move forward anyways and learn from this particular experience. So when you have a setback, whether it's intentional or unintentional, it's always to think about it as an opportunity to learn. So anything that happens to us that is unplanned or that we feel uh, puts us back is just an opportunity for us to learn and be better in the future. And that can be true for goal attainment as well. Do you believe in telling people about your goals or keeping them to yourself? That is a great question. I, I don't know. I think it can be helpful to tell people about your goals because they can help you kind of look at where you might need to tweak a few things. In particular, if you're making something very actionable towards your goal, every day I'm going to put $1 away, for example. Okay, well, what if it's the end of the month? What are you going to do at the end of the month? Maybe you need to put $2 away in the beginning of the month, remembering at the end of the month you never have any money left over, or whatever it is. That's just an example. So sometimes telling people can help you look at your goal a little bit differently and improve it a little bit to make it more attainable. Or telling people can help you have an accountability partner. Uh, so, hey, I'm, I really am trying to save $100, and I'll do this with my friends sometimes. If I know they're trying to work towards a financial goal or they have something coming up that's big in their financial lives, I will try to be a little bit more aware of not inviting them out to eat maybe. Instead, let's just meet for a coffee or, hey, come over to my house and hang out. So to sharing your goal can sort of help you be more accountable or can help you put out into the world, hey, this is what I'm trying to achieve. And so it makes saying no to some things that might cause you to spend more money a little bit easier because people already know they're not surprised about why you don't want to go out to eat as much or whatever it is. Um, On the other hand, sometimes finances are very personal. And so you may decide to keep a financial goal to yourself um, because it is not really talked about in your family or in your circle 
or um, it's something that you feel you want to just keep private because you don't want people to know exactly what your numbers look like. And so some people are really conscious of that um, just because uh, they feel that that can put them in danger sometimes. From personal experience, sometimes sharing my goals with other people also creates this kind of positive peer pressure, like you were talking about with accountability. Now, if somebody knows I have this goal, I go out and do something against that goal. They're like, hmm, Becca, should you really be doing that? It doesn't always stop me, but it makes me think more than it would have if nobody knew. Right, exactly. So I'm curious, you know, when you were talking about your weight loss goal, if you told anybody, if someone would have said to you, hey, man, put that cookie down, you know, or whatever. And so sharing your goals with people, too, and just even writing them down. So maybe you don't verbally share them with someone, but maybe you write them down for yourself. And we know there are studies that show that when you talk about a goal or you write it down somewhere, you're much more likely to achieve it. Um, and so that can be really useful. You, it, you Maybe you don't even verbally share it, but you put it down somewhere for yourself. What if you do decide to share it with somebody and they're not supportive of it? So people can be unsupportive of financial goals when they feel like that financial goal is changing the relationship that they have with you. So that's where a lot of people become unsupportive because they don't want the relationship with you to change. And that can be true for any kind of goal, not even necessarily financial goals. We're creatures of habit. We like things to stay the way that they are. And so it's understanding that that's where a lot of that stems from. Uh, people can also be unsupportive if they don't believe that you can attain that. And I think that you have to do what is best for you. Nobody else lives your financial life. Nobody else pays your bills. Nobody else uh, puts money on your uh, in your bank account, probably. And so you have to remember that you're doing the best for your financial life and nobody else's. And based off of what you're saying, it sounds like, you know, if other people don't agree with you, it's not necessarily because they don't love you or they don't want success for you. Mm -hmm. They're just scared that maybe they'll get left behind or something like that. So it doesn't mean that you're not doing the right thing. Right, exactly. And some financial goals mean that you can't do what you used to do with that person or it means that you're working more because you're trying to make more money or your job has changed because you have a financial goal that needs, requires you to be making more. And so that can be hard for people um, to understand that shift in a relationship. For you personally, are there any for you personally, are there any financial goals that you're working on? I have a financial goal which I have not uh, really fleshed out, but I've been thinking about a lot this year and I really came to this realization probably in the past year when I was able to or was consistent enough to maintain a very good budget for a whole 12 month period. And so what I realized in doing that is that I'm probably living a little bit above my means. Um, and my credit card allows me to do that and helps me do that. So uh, I like to travel a lot. And so I've realized when I'm traveling, you know, you buy for, you buy a plane ticket or whatever, you make reservations before you actually go on the trip. And then there's also the trip cost when you're on the trip. And so I've realized that I probably really need to get a good chunk of savings down instead of sort of kicking the can down the road um, and my credit card allowing me to do that by putting a, a travel expense on it. 
Um, and so this year in 2019, I want to focus on understanding what my true costs are and really reining myself in. Anytime someone calls me and says, you want to go on a trip? I'm like, yes. And I don't even think about all of the things that go into it financially, even though I know there are many financial moving parts when you go on a trip. Um, so that's one goal that I have. And then my other goal is to, we are focusing, and my husband and I are focusing on paying down our off our house, our mortgage. And so I've done some math, and I know if we stay where we are in the rate that we're paying it off, how long it would take, and I would like to shave a year off of that. But that means either spending less or making more money, and I need to determine what I want to do and really be dedicated to that if I want to actually achieve that goal. So I have some decisions to make in 2019. Awesome. And at the end of this podcast, you'll also hear from a few other members of our financial readiness team on what each of us is hoping to achieve financially in 2019. And we're doing this so you can partially get to know the people behind the podcast and the people that you might encounter when you come into our office and know that we're working on a lot of the same things that you are. So we're just here to help share our stories. And then we also want to hear the financial goals that you're working on. So you can feel free to write in, call in, tell us what you're trying to achieve, and even come be a visitor on the podcast if you want. If you've achieved something really awesome lately, we'd love to hear about that and help you share your story with the UNT community. Yeah, and I think if you have a savings goal for 2019, uh, you should join us. We have a initiative called Club Biggie, which Biggie stands for Bank It, Grow It. And our hope with Club Biggie, when you join, you'll get a monthly newsletter with savings tips, events to come out to, workshops to attend that help you think about your financial life and start working towards your goal. And the goal for Club Biggie members is to end May 2019, which is the end of this spring semester, with $500 in your account, your savings account, or just increase your savings uh, by 10%. So if you want some a little bit of accountability, some opportunities uh, to learn a little bit more about your financial life, join Club Biggie. We also have monthly drawings and prizes that will help you save a little bit of money, and hopefully you can put that money you save uh, towards your financial goals uh, and your savings account. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for sharing some of your goal-setting knowledge. Do you have any final words of wisdom or anything else you'd like to share with our audience? Oh, my gosh. Final words of wisdom. Well, I can't believe it's 2019, (laughs) so I'll say that much. But I think the one thing that I want to share with everybody is that you have an opportunity to be in control of your financial life until and make your money work for you. And setting goals, setting financial goals is probably the biggest piece of that. So I encourage you to sit down, think about what you want your financial life to look like and what financial goals will actually help you be able to achieve that in the future. That's it. (laughs) Hey, Austin, what are your goals for 2019? To be able to financially support myself and my dog. Nice. What are you going to do to be able to achieve that goal? I'm going to put money away. Um, so that I can have a good birthday and he can have a good birthday. Nice. Good birthdays for everyone. Right. Saint, what are your financial goals for 2019? My financial goals are to save $500 in my savings account. Perfect. What are you going to do to save that money? I'm going to take $40 from each of my paychecks and I'm going to put that towards my savings account. 
Once again, that was Rachel Grimes. If you would like to talk more with Rachel, you can call our office at 940-369-7761 and set up a coaching session all about your financial goals. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and subscribe on iTunes. If you have any feedback or ideas, you can reach us at moneymanagement at unt.edu. Thank you for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful week.